I'm Chris Carter, host of the Locked On Steelers podcast. Today, we're going to talk about why I think Omar Khan hasn't made a move at inside linebacker yet and what's to come there. We're also going to talk about how the wide receiver depth chart, I think, relays to the entire plan for this offense moving forward in a different way than people have been talking about. Well, all that and more here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it on YouTube. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And I wanted to lead something off kind of following up <clears throat> our conversation with Jeff Hartman from Behind the Steel Curtain that we did for the Monday episode. For those who might have missed it, go back and check it out. But Jeff was a person who said he had a source within the Steelers organization that the Steelers were interested in getting Chase Young from the Washington Commanders. Now, we went back and forth about my opinions on that. I'm not so sure that Chase Young's the move there because I think inside linebacker is a bigger need. And Jeff did agree. But at the same time, the Steelers do want to add talent to this roster. And there's the question I think a lot of fans have. Why haven't they made the move? What's going on here? What, what what's taking so long there's other guys out there and we've gone over some of some of the options before because the question is what deals would be out there there's a couple free agents that the Steelers want have one brought in like Quan Alexander there's Deion Jones who they haven't brought in but just played for the Browns has looked pretty good in his recent years and then there's guys like Isaiah Simmons who kind of looks like he may be a trade option from the Arizona Cardinals so all those guys are sitting there and people are wondering what what's taking so long for Omar Khan to make these moves but I remind you that Omar Khan is the same GM that people are applauding for his efforts to set up the draft class that they had by trading trading away Chase Claypool, getting back an early second round to pick that turned out to be the first pick of the second round, and then using it to select their top four players that they picked in, in the draft, all guys that personally we ranked on this show, in the top 33 of this very draft class. And this, I think, in my opinion, goes to show that, like, hey, guys, Remember, we were just talking about how this front office is doing things that they're their way. They're trying to set a tone. They're also trying to be patient and not rush into a situation that forces them to miss out on opportunities later. If you're looking at those situations right now, Quan Alexander, Deion, Deion Jones, Isaiah Simmons, they're not going anywhere right now. And I think that the state that they, the Jones and Alexander, they're still free agents. Simmons still with the Cardinals. And I don't and, and I don't you don't see too many teams making wild moves. And I think each of those guys will be viable final options to complete the linebacker room with Landon Roberts, Cole Holcomb, Mark Robinson. And probably the guy that you add here would be your cover linebacker of that group, while the other guys are more uh, thumping run, run stuffers. And that's where I think that the Steelers kind of know, hey, there's a couple options out there. There's no reason to overly commit to one. But I also think that there's. The important thing here that people are forgetting is that the Steelers, they've taken advantage of teams 
later in the season, not teams, but opportunities rather, not not the teams themselves they've taken advantage of, but they've taken advantage of opportunities through the virtue of patience. If you go back to the 2017 season, the secondary was originally going to be Artie Burns, William Gay, Ross Cockrell, Cody Sensabaugh, a rookie Cam Sutton, and uh, Mike Hilton. And then all of a sudden, the Browns let go of Joe Hayden. And because they had they had salary cap space, they were able to go get him. And he was a big boost to the secondary that really helped them that year. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to happen at the linebacker position, that someone's going to get cut in training camp and then the opportunity is going to be there. But the Steelers, I think, are positioning themselves for they can probably bring in one of these guys later on once they check to see, hey, does something like this happen? Does an opportunity arise? And if not... You go from there and you just say, okay, well, let's go get one of these guys. And if one if one of them is picked up at some point or a trade is made for Isaiah Simmons, then you kind of say, okay, our clock is ticking a little bit faster here. Let's make a move. And I think that that's where the Steelers are at right now. They're not trying to rush because if you rush and you make a move right now, say for, say you just signed Quan Alexander, you consider it a day. And then all of a sudden Isaiah Simmons is up for, up for grabs for a sixth round draft pick but you've already gotten your guy, you've signed him, and you're sitting there saying like, "Mm, is this the right move to add another linebacker? And then we're going to have to get rid of this guy. And there's going to be dead cap money from one of the, you know, leftover from one guy they're going to have to let go. I, I think you see the problem there if you're hearing me out is that if the Steelers make a move too quickly, it could kind of make the put you make may take away an opportunity later on for a position where I think they're happy with the two guys they brought in free in free agency. Landon Roberts, Cole Holcomb, we've talked about them on the show. Both more run stuffing linebackers, both have worn captain patches on their on their jerseys, both guys who have been solid leaders on defenses and uh can be heady players in the big moments. And I think that's what the, that's all they really need here. Because don't forget, you know, whereas the linebackers for the Steelers didn't create a single turnover last year, the biggest thing that this group of linebackers has to do is just don't be giving up, don't give up the big plays, stuff the run, be reliable in your gaps, don't give up big passing plays by being out of your spot or just completely not in position at all to close down a passing window and make things easy for quarterbacks. You do that. The rest of the playmakers on this defense from guys who had five, six, five, and four interceptions last year, like Minka Fitzpatrick, Patrick Peterson, and uh, Levi Wallace, they'll make the interceptions. And then you got TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, Larry Ogunjobi, Cam Hayward getting after the quarterback. They'll make the they'll, they'll make the plays and pass and and, uh, and pass rushing. There's going to be opportunities there. And I think that is what the Steelers are really looking at here is that they don't have there's no pressure for them to go out and make a desperate move right now to get one of these guys at inside linebacker and personally i think it's a smart move to just wait see how things play out and if things if no great opportunity opens up okay cool then you go get one of these guys we're talking about here um and you you go from there and you add them anyways but if you make it too 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 soon you may miss out on this opportunity to add to your roster the piece that you really wanted that you didn't know what it was available because you signed a guy early on in June. And again, it's a unique circumstance because the rest of the roster, I think pretty solid when we look at the depth chart and we're going to get to the wide receiver depth chart because we talked a little bit about that too on Monday. Um, But I wanted to get more into my opinions on that and how I think it relates to the entire offense. But right now, when it comes to this linebacker situation, show patience. I know there's some people out there thinking that they got to make moves, but it's not the Steeler way to rush into a situation. And I think when they have done that a couple times here and there, 
it's been out of you know necessity and it's led to some unfortunate you know or, or not, not unfortunate but it didn't lead to as as successful results as times where they kind of played you know played it patient did things at their pace and made the right decision after after seeing all the options out there now, inside linebacker depth is one concern. Wide receiver depth was another concern that Jeff Hartman expressed on this show just on Monday. And I wanted to go over that a little bit more with y'all because I think that looking at wide receiver three, it's a legitimate question. Who plays? Who's your primary wide receiver three for this offense? Or who do you want it to be? But I also think there's an even bigger question. What role would that be in the offense as it's designed right now? And how big of it is it actually to be made when you look at what the Steelers are trying to be and why it relates to the second year run that they, the second year that they had with Ben Roethlisberger way back in 2005, just like it's Kenny Pickett's second year coming up in 2023. We'll talk about that in the Locked on Steelers podcast in just a minute here. So don't go anywhere. But first, before we do any of that, I want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America. The NBA Finals may be over, but Major League Baseball is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you were betting on FanDuel, you had a chance to bet on the Denver Nuggets and probably make a good bit of money. Uh, if you were hanging out with my friends Vicky and Mark, who I watched the NBA Finals with the last three games, they were happy Nuggets fans. I was a sad Heat fan seeing them go down like that, but you might have made some money on the Nuggets if you bet on if you if you bet on uh, uh, Fanduel. But if you were like me and you were pulling for the Heat on Fanduel, you had a chance to get your no sweat first bet, which gave you up to twenty five hundred dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet didn't win. And you get that by going to Fanduel.com slash locked on. And even if you're if you're new right now, you can still bet on baseball. You can bet on anything sports that's on Fanduel right now. By going to fanduel.com slash locked on. Sign up today and you can claim your no sweat first bet. Which, again, if you missed your first bet on Fanduel, it will give you back $2,500, up to $2,500 in bonus bets. And that's on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss out on your no sweat first bet, up to $2,500 back in bonus bets. When you join Fanduel today, again, go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with Fanduel, America's number one sportsbook. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're going to switch from the defense to the offense because I've done a lot of talking about the defense lately. And naturally, you know, there's uh, there's been one of the Marcus Golden signing. We talked to Mick Fitzpatrick last week, Patrick Peterson. There's a lot of excitement on, on that side of the ball. But there's also, I think, time we need to spend more time talking about the offensive side of the ball. And I, I, it's something that we talked a little bit about with Jeff Jeff Hartman on Monday's episode when we were talking about the wide receiver situation because Jeff brought up a good a good concern is that this wide receiver room is very much unproven for the most part you like Deontay Johnson you like George Pickens they're a fine one-two punch up front however you feel about Deontay Johnson is how you feel about him but that guy gets open as bad as good as anyone in the NFL he's gonna be a lot better this year with a quarterback that he's familiar with in Kenny Pickett but then after that is a legit legitimate question who's wide receiver three on this team is it Allen Robinson, the free agent that they picked up um, in, in who's who has several years in the league and has been able to bounce around it a little bit? Or is it Calvin Austin, the speedster that you drafted in the fourth round last year who didn't get to play at all because of an injury? And I lean toward Allen Robinson to start to start in that role. And I think that uh, 
that's what's going to kind of be the case for for a bit. But the Steelers are going to flex around their options because I think they have options there. And then there's other guys like Gunnar Olszewski, Miles Boykin, Jordan Bird, uh, guys who are vying for spots on the wide receiver depth chart to make the roster. But here's my contention about if you think that this is a crushing point for the Steelers, that they don't know who their third wide receiver might be. And it's a big question mark as far as how the Steelers offense is going to operate. How much do you think the Steelers are going to actually throw to their third wide receiver this year? Think about this. We've been talking about the Steelers offense for months now, about the the, the trajectory, years even, about the trajectory that they want to go on. They drafted Najee Harris because they wanted, they knew that the, the era of Ben Roethlisberger was coming to an end. And if, if they wanted to start an era with a new quarterback, they didn't know it would be Kenny Pickett just yet. But if they wanted a new quarterback, they knew that they needed an offense that could run the ball well kind of play old school Steelers football a little bit, let the defense, which was the established side of the ball, win games for you more often, have a run game that can kind of keep the game at a pace and have a quarterback who can just make the big plays and the big moments and not necessarily have to throw it 50 times a game for you to win. So when you have that change in philosophy and emphasis, rather, I think it puts you in a position where you're not throwing that much to a third wide receiver. And even when you look at how the Steelers offense is kind of set up this year, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, your top two receivers, but don't forget Pat Frymuth and don't forget Najee Harris. Those are your top four play playmaking weapons that are going to be for Kenny Pickett all season long. The third wide receiver, really more like a fifth option when you think about it. And it doesn't mean it's not important. I think it is important. Because the depth is important and there's going to be injuries and there's going to be guys that need to step up and play for Pickens or or Johnson at some point. Injuries just happen. It's just the natural part of football. But on a on a regular day, third wide receivers are going to be necessary. They're going to be on the field. They're going to be targeted. But I don't think they're going to be this focal point of the offense that if you don't have the best third wide receiver in the league that you're going to get crushed by something. I think the biggest thing out of your third wide receiver will be reliability. And that's why I lean toward Allen Robinson being that guy. And I, I was like, this is a guy who who's seen Calvin Austin fly and how fast he is and how kind of how much how many kind of kind of plays he can make with the ball in his hands and when he's allowed to let his speed speed control a game. But I think that fifth option that we're talking about there, if you're a third wide receiver and you're the fifth option in the offense, it needs to be a sure-handed guy who knows how to get open. And in that situation, if you're if you're a defense and you're game planning for how to stop the Steelers offense in big situations when you know they got to throw the ball and you got that alignment of players, Johnson, Pickens, Harris, Frymuth, and Robinson in that situation, you're probably putting your top cover men on everyone except for Robinson. Robinson, it may be Harris. You throw him, of course, you, you put him in that situation. You probably have a linebacker on him. But of your cornerbacks – and your safety of your secondary, Robinson's going to get probably get the least amount of attention. And that's where Robinson can use his savvy as a veteran to, to know how to get open, to know how to feel out the soft spots of the defense if they're in zone or if they're in man, and get open for Kenny Pickett in key spots. And that, I think, is an, is an important role and why I think that he will be the guy for that spot. But I also don't think it's going to be called upon nearly as often as some people might be thinking in today's NFL. Yes, today's NFL has become more pass happy than, than, than the past. But 
I also we've also talked about Mike. We've also talked about how when the analytics have shown, and Mike Tomlin talked about this at the NFL owners meetings a few months back. More teams are starting to lean back into the run game because so many defenses have styled themselves to stop the passing game that they've lost the the beef and the strength up front to stuff the run consistently. And if you're not a team that doesn't have Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or one of the guys that are going to be considered for MVP votes because of their quarterback abilities, then why should you force yourself to play like those teams that do have those players and you play to your strength and you build up strength in being able to run the football? And if you're playing to run the football and then then pass off of that run, then you're not depending as much on your quarterback to throw as, as much, and they only have to target so many guys throughout throughout a game. And again, with the top playmakers being who the top playmakers are, third wide receiver, I think, falls down the priority list there as far as who's going to be the biggest playmaker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And again, it's important to get it right. I'm not saying don't get it right. I'm not saying ignore it. I'm simply saying... When it comes to the wide receiver position, they're not going to throw the ball to the third wide receiver 100 times. Heck, they might not do it 50 times. And I don't think it's a slight to uh, – no, I think they might do it 50 times. They won't do it 60. They won't do it 70. But again, I think it's because of the diversity of how the Steelers' offense is set up with its playmakers and how they'll want the offense to run this upcoming season that will lead to them not needing a third wide receiver to be a primary option here for the Steelers. And why, again, I think it's not as big of a concern when you look at the Steelers and their makeup this year and what you want them to be, if they're going to be successful. But I also think it's important if you want to understand more of what I'm talking about there to know your history about the Pittsburgh Steelers and to be able to relate it to, it's funny enough, a similar year where they had a second-year potential franchise quarterback, a first-round draft pick quarterback, who was entering an offense that was trying to, you know, figure out more parts of its identity, and they were a team that did play great defense and did and did run the ball really well. And that was Ben Roethlisberger's second year in the league in 2005 when they ended up winning a Super Bowl. And I want to go over some numbers with you, comparing it to how the the distribution of the targets and the football relayed back to 2005 to last year's Kenny Pickett's rookie season and how it could look in 2023 with how the Steelers plan to run this offense. We'll talk about that and more in the Locked on Steelers podcast in a minute here. Stick with us. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We'll be right back with more on your Pittsburgh Steelers. Back here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue our topic here. I want to preface this by saying when I'm comparing it to Ben Roethlisberger's second year, I'm purely doing it because it was his second year and he was a first-round draft pick quarterback. I am not saying this because the Steelers are going to the Super Bowl or something this year. I'm simply saying this because of the context of 
They had a quarterback who had just gotten used to their system and they wanted to do a little bit more with him, but not do too much. And they had the offensive line that they really liked and they could run the ball and they wanted to be built off of that. Now, the Steelers this year, they don't have that same confidence in the run game that they did back then. Because 2004, they were one of the best rushing offenses in the NFL when Ben Roethlisberger was a rookie. That wasn't nearly as much of a problem. Uh, as it was in 2022 when the Steelers rushing offense kind of had to struggle to even find their identity this time around. But still, the way this Steelers offense is set up, I do think that there's something there for them to be, uh, to to kind of replicate a little bit of that formula that we've talked about that, that worked for them back in 2005. Now let's, Look at some numbers here, or if you listen to some numbers here, because I'm going to rattle them off for you. Go back to 2005. The way targets broke down, where Heinz Ward led led the team with 114, Antoine Randall was next with 69. Nice. Um, Cedric Wilson was the third receiver. He did have 53 targets. Next was up with rookie Heath Miller with 52 targets. That year, they were 24th in passing, 5th in rushing. They came in ninth in scoring because of how good they were running the football and how well they put they put things together. And Ben Roethlisberger balanced that very well. When they could run the football, he could live off play action. He could take advantage of those moments. And that, that was a big part of what helped them in some key games to get them to the playoffs that led, that led to that legendary run to a Super Bowl win. So again, 114, 69, 53, 52. That was the breakdown of the top four targeted guys on the Steelers roster. Three three receivers and a tight end, a rookie tight end. Here are the top four targets last year, players to be targeted last year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bear with me. Deontay Johnson had 148. Pat Frymuth was number two with 98. George Pickens was number three with 84. And Najee Harris was number four with 53. Now, it should be noted, Chase Claypool was right after Najee Harris with 50, and he only played eight games for the Steelers. So had he played a full season, he probably gets ahead of Najee Harris, and he is that guy there. But again, I look at this this makeup here, and I think think that this is kind of a little bit closer to what the Steelers are going to try to do this year as far as distributing the football. And crazy enough, I remember how I said they were 24th in passing in 2005. They were 24th in passing last year. The only difference was they were 16th in rushing as for instead of 5th in rushing, and that helped them finish 26th in scoring as for, instead of 9th in scoring. But I'm not so sure that Kenny Pickett's going to have 60, 70 targets to a third wide receiver in this offense, the way it's currently constructed. And I think that's totally fine. Again, the structure of this team moving forward, I think, is Kenny Pickett's job. Don't turn the ball over. Let the run game work. Let the defense be, be the part that wins the game. And when the opportunity is there, take advantage of it. Strike when, when the iron's hot and, and make sure that you're being a leader in those moments. And I think that that's where Kenny Pickett can make his hay and can be able to do a bit more damage. But again, I don't think he needs a prolific third wide receiver to get that done. And I think that's why I'm not as on an urgent bus as, as other people might be for the Steelers to just figure out who their third option is at the wide receiver depth chart. And again, I think Allen Robinson's your guy for now because of the reasons I explained earlier. But when I look at what's going to work for this team, the way they've invested in the offensive line with Isaac C. Omalu at left guard, potentially Broderick Jones at left tackle, 
the continuity they started to build amongst the offensive linemen at the end of last season when the run game really started to click because they were blocking a little bit better and Najee Harris was was feeling that the, the pace of their blocking. I think all of that adds up to being a really good situation for the Steelers offense to manage games, play smart ball, and then have Kenny Pickett come in and distribute the football the way he wants to distribute the football. Because again, I think, you know, when we're talking about the dynamics of these guys, he, he loved throwing to George Pickens. I think that he'll be sharper with Deontay Johnson because they'll have actually worked together consistently. Uh, one, you know, once, uh, you know, that we, we see them in mini camp and then in training camp and the stuff that they've, they've been able to do during the offseason. But I also think he'll, he'll have a really good rapport with Pat Frymouth. I don't think he'll have a really good rapport with Najee Harris. And so then if him and Allen Robinson are okay, but not great, or him and Calvin Austin are okay and not great, I actually think that they're going to be fine as long as the rest of the offense works. But third wide receiver is still, I think, the fifth option in this Steelers offense as it's constructed right now. And again, looking at how the 2005 Steelers worked, remember I said they had three wide receivers were their top targets. Part of it was because Heath Miller was a rookie and Willie Parker was not a receiving back. Najee Harris, he's not like an ultimate receiving back, but he catches out the backfield. And he's more reliable of a receiving running back than Willie Parker was. And I think you're going to see in key passing downs, he's going to be on the field somehow. And the Steelers are going to find a way to get the ball in his hands if he if he if he's left in good one-on-one situations where they think he can beat a guy. So I I say all that to say if you're really worried about the third wide receiver spot in this depth chart. I don't think you need to be too much unless there's a bunch of injuries and those guys got to got to start. You know, then then we're 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 talking about something else entirely. But when it comes to this offense, this offense isn't going to be run by the third and fourth and fifth wide receivers. It's going to be run by the offensive line kicking butt up front, Najee Harris if he can run the ball well behind behind that. Kenny Pickett making smart decisions and showing he's grown as a veteran, and keeping that that keeping that positive energy going on offense. When you get something going, follow it. Keep keep follow it up. Keep doing more because I really do think that what's going to come with this with a young with a young Steelers offense is a lot of momentum. There's going to be like some days where something clicks. They're going to score a good amount of points, and there's going to be days where nothing clicks, and it's going to be kind of like how it's been the last few years where you're hoping that you make a big play somewhere along the line, and then the defense is what bails you out in those situations, what I think the Steelers' defense could do in a lot of situations this upcoming season. But again, for the offense to do what it needs to do, I don't think it really needs a star third wide receiver i think the biggest thing they they need right now is is continuity amongst themselves is kenny pickett truly stepping up is the offensive line truly showing improvement being able to run block better being able to protect kenny pickett better 
they do those things, you won't be worrying about a third-string wide receiver on the Steelers roster. But, hey, we'll get to see some of these guys do some more work this week because OTAs may be over, but minicamp is here. I'll be there Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at the Steelers facility going over things, talking to players, watching practices. So if you uh, – we'll talk we'll talk more about that. We have Alan Saunders coming on the Wednesday episode, so stay tuned for that. Um, we're both going to give our thoughts on things that we're seeing when it comes to – um Steelers mini camp and how they're performing and who knows maybe we'll get some actual some free agency updates or trade updates from the Pittsburgh Steelers lots to discuss here on the Locked on Steelers podcast thanks so much again for riding with us I'm your host Chris Carter you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques you can read my work at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette where I cover all things pit athletics with post-gazette.com and I also run the North Shore Drive podcast which comes out every Monday Wednesday and Friday there but if you want Steelers all day every day Monday through Friday Right here, Locked On Steelers podcast. Again, all your favorite podcasting apps and YouTube. Thanks again for everyone for checking out the show. Appreciate you all. I'll be back Wednesday with Alan Saunders talking more about your Pittsburgh Steelers after their first day of 2023 minicamp.